The city of Harki in Russia belonged to one of the Polish princes of the Radzivill family. The prince very rarely showed himself in Harki. He spent most of his time in France. His estate, just outside of Harki, was very valuable, including large forests, which stretched for miles. A young nobleman of the Radzivill family, named Benedict, had a very good friend in France, called Pierre Louis, who came from an assimilated Jewish family, had no connections with any Jew, and barely knew anything of his Jewish heritage. Benedict Radzivill married into a princely Russian family called Dmitrov, who owned large estates in Russia and palaces in Moscow. When Benedict settled on the estate of his wife's family, he brought his young friend Pierre-Louis with him. They were inseparable friends. There, the young Pierre-Louis met and married the daughter of a high government official, and he and his friend Benedict lived a life of luxury and pleasure. When Pierre-Louis was fifty-five years old, he became a widower, Loyalenu. Finding himself completely without any responsibility, he threw himself entirely into a life of parties and drunkenness, which at that time was the average life of Russian and Polish nobility. Harki was surrounded by many large forests, and Benedict chose one of his estates there to host his hunting parties. He and his friends went there twice a year, in the summer and in the winter, and Pierre-Louis always joined them. They would hunt and then have extravagant parties, where there was much drinking and merrymaking. Pierre-Louis was good at hunting and at celebrating, and all of the squires and nobles and princes from all surrounding estates were invited. Nobody knew of Pierre-Louis' Jewish heritage, and he himself had all but forgotten about it. In Harki was living a pious man named Rabbi Nissan, who was a secret follower of the Holy Baal Shem Tev, the founder of the Hasidic movement. In those days, the Baal Shem Tev had chosen to remain a simple, humble teacher and not reveal himself to be a tzaddik. So the Baal Shem Tev and his followers carried on their holy work in secret. Rabbi Nissan would visit the Baal Shem Tov from time to time to receive from him special tasks to help Jews either materially or spiritually or both. During one of these visits, the holy Baal Shem Tov said to Rabbi Nissan, It is written in the Holy Tilim, Kapitel Kuf Zayin, Pasuk Chof Gimel. Those who go down to the sea in ships and those who do their work in raging waters. The Hebrew word oniyah can be translated as ship and also as sorrow. The phrase those who go down to the sea refers to the Jewish souls that come down to live an earthly life when the souls are clothed in bodies. For just as the sea covers everything in it, 
so does the body cover the divine soul. There are two types of descent into the sea, continued the holy Balshemtev. There is one who goes down to the sea in a ship. One may feel quite secure and safe in the ship, and one may, well indeed, cross the ocean in safety. Such is the good fortune of a Jew who finds themselves in the safety of a circle of Titus scholars and fine Jewish people, for he can cross the sea of life safely until he reaches his destination. There is, however, a different kind of descent into the sea when one has the misfortune of falling into the raging waters and is in danger of drowning. Such is the deep, dark misfortune of a Jewish soul which finds itself in an un-Jewish environment. Therefore, continued the holy Balshemtov, there must be other Jewish souls who do their work in raging waters. It is their job to save those sorrowful souls who are floundering helplessly in a non-Jewish atmosphere, in the raging waters of a non-Jewish way of life. At first, Rabbi Nissan did not understand the purpose of the Balshemtov's exposition, but it was soon made known to him that the tzaddik had in mind no one other than the friend of Benedict, Pierre-Louis. Rabbi Nissan now heard for the first time that Pierre-Louis was a Jew and that his name was Pesach Tzvi after his mother's grandfather who had been a Tamid Chacham and a Yiddish Shemayim. During the coming winter, concluded the Balshemtov to Rabbi Nissan, Benedict Radzivil will go hunting in the forests around Harki with his friend Pierre-Louis. They will both visit Harki. On the second day after their arrival, I want you to open this envelope and read the instructions therein and carry out all of the directions. The Baal Shem Tov then instructed Rabbi Nissan to go to Pierre-Louis and tell him that he is of Jewish descent and that his name is Pesach Tzvi, after his mother's grandfather. Pierre is the French name for Pesach and Louis for Levi, for he was from Shevet Levi. The Baal Shem Tov told his Talmud Rabbi Nissan, that if Pierre-Louis did not wish to listen to what he had to tell him, he must nevertheless go to him daily during the time that he was in Harki and repeat what the Holy Baal Shem Tov had disclosed about his heritage, exactly as written in the instructions. Naturally, it had to be all done in secret. The Baal Shem Tov assured Rabbi Nissan that he would succeed in his mission. During the hunting season, when Benedict Radzivil and his friends were in the Harki district, the whole town buzzed with activity. For weeks, the shopkeepers had anticipated the visit of the nobles. They had prepared their stores by stocking up with the goods they already knew from experience would be approved by the noblemen and their families. And these hunting parties included squires and nobles from all the surrounding districts, so the stores had a large clientele. When Rabbi Nissan returned home to Harki from his visit to the Balshemtov in Medzebush, Harki was putting on its best appearance in readiness for the coming hunt. It was the practice of Benedict Radzivil to come into Harki with his friend Pierre-Louis as soon as they arrived for the hunting party. 
they would remain in town for one or two days and arrange a banquet of welcome for the squires of the district, who would return with them to Benedict's hunting lodge. When the hunting was over, and the celebrations too, Benedict and Pierre-Louis returned to Harky to prepare for their trip, for from there they would travel to Moscow. On this particular occasion, as on every other occasion when they visited Harky, they stayed at the home of the local Galach. But as Benedict was about to enter the Galach's house this time, he tripped on the stairs and fell heavily. He always carried a small pistol in his hip pocket, and as he fell, the pistol went off and shot a bullet into Benedict Radzivill's stomach. Confusion arose as everyone dashed forward to lend assistance. Benedict was always accompanied on his hunting trips by his personal physician, who was there now, but try as he would, he could not stop the bleeding. The wounded man was in pain. His temperature was rising with fever. Messengers were sent to bring doctors from the surrounding towns, for it was obvious that the patient's condition was getting worse. The Jews of Harki were terribly distressed by this incident. Benedict Radzivill was regarded by them as a good-hearted man who had always been friendly to the Jews. When Rabbi Nissan heard what had happened, he realized the time had come for him to open the Balshemtov's letter. To his astonishment, he found that the letter contained a prescription for how to treat a wound such as Benedict Radzivill had just received. And Rabbi Nissen was told in the letter that if he would be asked for assurance as to where he had obtained this medical knowledge, he should reply that it came from a Jew in Volin, whose name was Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov. It was also written there that if the nobleman wanted to reward him with money, he would refuse, saying that his reward would be sufficient if the nobleman would give a promise to be good to the Jews and help them earn Parnassa. It was on the second day as Benedict lay unconscious with a rising fever. The doctors had given up any hope of saving him, and Rabbi Nissan arrived at the Galach's house, saying he had brought a remedy for the sick man. When Pierre-Louis saw Rabbi Nissan, a Jew with a long beard and pious, he laughed and would have driven him out had it not been for Benedict Radzivill's own personal physician, who was very desperate and ready to listen to anyone who came along with an offer of assistance. So, Rabbi Nissan was admitted to the patient's room, and with the help of the doctor, spread an ointment over the body of the sick man, forced some drops of medicine down his throat, and about an hour later, Benedict opened his eyes. His fever had lessened, and his wound was beginning to heal. Everybody looked on incredulously, but with enormous relief and gratitude. Then Rabbi Nissan took the opportunity to ask Pierre-Louis to come with him into another room to discuss a private matter with him. Listen to me, said Rabbi Nissan when they were alone. You should know that you are, after all, a Jew. Your real name is Pesach Tzvi. You're named after your mother's grandfather. 
until now, you have followed a wrong path. From today onwards, you should return to your people and your heritage. Saying which Rabbi Nissan left, Pierre-Louis was speechless. On the third day, Benedict Radziville was well enough to sit up. He asked for Rabbi Nissan. When Rabbi Nissan arrived, Benedict Radziville welcomed him and asked him, Where did you obtain this miraculous cure that has saved my life? Rabbi Nissan then disclosed the secret of the Balshemtov, his teachings, and what he stood for. That is how it became known that the Balshemtov was teaching a new way of life and that he had a secret group of Hasidim in Harki itself. Radzivil recovered so completely within a few days that he was able to leave Harki with Pierre-Louis. It was already the month of Nissan when Pierre-Louis returned to Harki. He made his way to Rabbi Nissan. Looking very serious, he said, Rabbi, ever since the day I left Harki, I have been restless. My stomach will not tolerate anything that is not kosher. I have known no peace. I have an overwhelming urge to return to my Jewish heritage. I told my friend, Benedict Radzivill, my secret, and he was very understanding. He advised me to follow my heart, and as much as he would feel the loss of our friendship, he said that I should return to my people and not allow any other consideration to stand in my way. Rabbi Nissan offered to do all that was possible to help Pierre-Louis in his resolve. He recommended that Pierre-Louis begin to immediately learn how to read Hebrew and how to say the brachas that a Jew should know. Pesach Tzvi, as he was now known, made excellent progress. Within a year, he was learning Chumash. Pesach Tzvi settled on the estate just outside Harki, which his friend Benedict Radzivill had given to him as a gift. Benedict Radzivill had also shown his gratitude to the Jews of Harki by presenting them with the land on which their homes were built, so they had no longer to pay him any rent. Pesach Tzvi became very friendly with another Jewish squire and estate owner named Lippe Baruch, who, like Pesach Tzvi, had once been estranged from his people, but had become an observant Jew again, thanks to the intervention of the Holy Baal Shem Taif. Together they visited Rabbi Nissan from time to time. When Pesach drew near, Lippe Baruch told his friend Pesach Tzvi, that on the evening before Pesach, he usually takes Rabbi Nissan in his carriage to the nearby river to draw Mayim Shalonu, resting water, for the matzah baking on the following day out of Pesach. May I come with you? asked Pesach Tzvi. Of course, replied Lippe Baruch. Pesach Tzvi put on for this occasion his tall hunting boots, with the shiny leather leggings reaching his knees that he used to wear when he would go hunting with Benedict Radzivill. Supporting the arm of the old Rav, who walked along a plank which spanned the narrow river, Pesach Tzvi waded into the water to help him draw a bucket of sparkling clean water for the mitzvah of baking matzah for Pesach. 
of which Pesach Tzvi received his due share, celebrating Zaman Cheruseinu that year, the festival of liberation, in the true spirit of the Chag. Pesach Tzvi felt indeed to be a free person for the first time. Thus, Pesach Tzvi, once known as Pierre-Louis, found true happiness in his return to his people, and he lived happily ever after, thanks to the help of the Holy Baal Shem Tov, who rescued his neshama. Mm-hmm.